welcome one and all to another exciting episode of Information Revolution, a podcast for people working in information about what's happening right now and where we're going. My name's Michael Upton. I'm the director of MetaTaxis New Zealand, a little consulting company based in Wellington. And I guess my working life has been focused on digital information. And I'm Judy Verno, also a director of MetaTaxis New Zealand, and I'm an information architect. And my name's Carl Milmers. I work for Castle Point Systems in Canberra. Um, and just a quick disclaimer, my views are my own. Um, and today's episode. So today, um, we were, th- this episode's probably going to wander a little bit. We were, we were having a chat after our last episode about what we'd like to cover next time. And we, we've come up with about five or six different quite specific topics, but the general theme was people stuff. You know, every single time we looked at any of it, it was, you know, people this, you know, management that, um, you know, users this, information culture, but it just ended up being people stuff. And so we're going to wander through that a little bit today and, and just give you a sense of what we mean by that. And then over the next sort of five or six podcasts, I think you'll find that we we go into a bit more detail on each one. So um, does someone want to kick us off with a, a a bit of a comment about what people stuff means? Yeah, sure. I'll um I'll give that a go. Um, I guess one of the things that uh I was thinking about is that um one of the risks or challenges with uh, information and records teams is that sometimes they end up basically being glorified system administrators. So basically looking after systems and worrying all about either, um, well, some combination of compliance and uh, performance and um, sort of, you know, functional performance and requirement fit of systems and how they're going to work and how that stuff happens. And there'll be these bits where people are like, oh, we'll have to cover this off for the policy. But, you know, the, the guts of what people are all about, like what they spend most of their time on will often be around how the systems interact and what are we going to do about this system? Oh, we've got this new thing and people have started putting records in this new location digitally and, you know, so what and, and how are we going to configure systems? And I guess for me, um, like, I guess what I'd say is that, um, while many people will acknowledge that um, when we're thinking about a sort of an information environment, we're thinking about systems in that really broad sense, not a technology system, but a system in the, in the sense of basically how things work um, and what the sort of cogs are. And the cogs include, you know, people and process and um, platform, you know, the P's and, and all of that stuff. But in reality, I think, um, there could be really been uh, there could be a real benefit in us just talking through that people stuff you know like what is um what is it that um as as sort of professionals or practitioners we could be investing our time in with regards to people to make um the use of information work better in an organization basically yeah, I mean, I think the, the the comment for me that made it when we were discussing this um, last week was that, you know, so many records and or information management programs break when they hit users mm. because they just ask people to do things that, you know, that they're either too much effort or they're, you know, they're out of the line of the, the business process that they're trying to run or, 
you know that they haven't that, that they haven't done the management change management right and so you know managers don't understand what's in it for them and they've got you know they've got 2000 different things to do and they've only got time for 1800 of them and you've just stacked on a whole bunch of you know more to-dos on top of that but they don't see the value in you know it's all those sorts of issues and if you're thinking about the technology as well if you're thinking about it just as technology then of course people are going to be spending their time the information managers spending their time kind of feeding and watering the technology and not thinking about feeding watering the, the, the information itself <laughs> let alone thinking about what the people who use that need. They're not thinking about the technology as an enabler. They're thinking of it as the thing. And what do we need to keep this running? Um, How do we create all the new SharePoint sites that people want? All of that kind of stuff. And so the information manages exactly what Michael said. They just end up as uh, glorified admins instead of being able to sit back and really Think about what's needed. Think about what people actually need. Seems to me. I mean, this it seems to be. It seems to be so hard even to keep that technology fed and watered, as it were. Mm. Um, yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. people don't have the time to sit back. It's not as if they're you know they're just doing that because it's what they like doing. There's no opportunity to sit back and 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 think about what do we actually need here to keep our lifeblood flowing effectively through the organisation. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's you know, for me, I don't know, I don't remember who it was. I think it was a mixture of, of um, Kate Fueling and a friend of mine, Cheryl. But, you know, the way I've been thinking about this stuff for the last couple of years is, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's a cycle and it's sort of, you know, strategy, policy, governance, people, process, technology. But, it, but it's actually, I, I, I mean, I think we know how to do, strategy, policy, governance, process and technology. But I think the people bit, I I think it kind of determines everything else. You know, I mean, I think you can be a bit mediocre on all of the other stuff, but as long as you get the people dimension right, I think it can all kind of work. Um, Yeah. You know, the whole whole stakeholder engagement piece. I I think that's right because I think people are quite often willing to put up with something quite simple, actually. If it's really clear how it works, that it does what they're expecting it to do, that they can find what they need to find, it doesn't need to necessarily be that complex. I think um, it's quite often overcomplicated because we've got this new piece of kit or whatever it is. And, and that gets in the way of providing people with the really basic stuff that they need, i.e. they know where to how to create this, they know where to put it, they know where to find it, they know how to share it. But yeah. I think that gets lost. We lose sight of that. I think um, uh, one risky part of focusing on technology stuff as well is that, you know, we're living, oh, sorry, not, um, it's not really a matter of living, we're working in an age where um consumerization of IT has hit that point where people typically have better tools and technology for their personal requirements at home, you know? So if you're a techie type, then you've got the world at your fingertips in terms of what you can do in terms of technical solutions. And so you come to work and you go, this is all a bit 
average or you know i wish it were more like the thing that i'm used to doing at home and i think one of the key sort of um, people aspects is, is establishing kind of um, just kind of clear and reasonable ways of working that emphasize the value of um, commonality and consistency so one of the things that i will always push is that in organizations where people um change what they're doing so um, that could be within your role it could be moving around the organization it could be um, you know the whole business shifting you know it depends on your context um, that consistency in the information environment so repeatable patterns and so forth like that stuff really really um, increases your uh, ability to respond to change I'm trying to dodge that agility word but you know, so it, it puts you in that position where you can you can move around. So I guess that's one thing I'd put out there in terms of people stuff is that idea of thinking about um, sort of repeatable patterns of use. So um, um, I, a, I think in the design world, they actually talk about design patterns, but basically how would I get to the thing that I want to do and how do we make sure that that's roughly similar um, yeah. in different situations? Yeah. Which is all about the information architecture and making sure that it has that it has uh, that consistency yep. across the organization and you always know where you are and how to move from here to there when you want to. That's really and, and the, the terminology that you're using is familiar across the organization and not completely different. And the tools yeah. and the templates and etc. is yeah. Exactly. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say is one of those people aspects or the sort of change parts of that uh, is not just establishing an architecture, but making sure that it's clear to people why it's good. <laughs> you know, why, yeah. why should I do it this way when, you know, at home or at my last job or whatever, you know, I've got these preconceptions about what good is and I want to do it my way. You know, that's, that's the real risk of not, investing in the architecture um, is just that people just come in with this assumption that if I can just do things the way that I've always done them or, you know, or done do them a way that I know is good, then that's, um, that's good enough. And it's the best option for the organization, um, which is not often going to be true. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about luck if that turns out to be true. You're talking about the difference though in contexts, you know, like you say, you know, I mean, you go home and, you know, I mean, I have this too, you know, like I've got this super duper AI app that, you know, manages all of the extra stuff that I have to do and actually finds all my spare time and plugs it into my calendar. And I've got something else to manage little projects that I've got. And I have all of this stuff, but what I don't have is I don't have something that helps me coordinate all this activity with other people. And that's the difference in the context, you know. I do all my stuff at home and it's great because I do it on my own and I have I have one person's change management to worry about and I have one person's everything else to worry about. And then I come in come into work and, you know, we're talking about big processes that, you know, legislation's defined and there's 50 people who have to work on this process in order to get it from end to end. And I think that context change, that's something that, we, we don't adequately help people deal with and it does change the tools and the considerations for working but because change management is so hard and you know it's so hard to get funded as well you know like I, I've, I've lost count of the number of projects where you know they wanted to buy everything except the change management and the entire project fails because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no change management yeah, yeah. you know uh, I mean 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's also a, a, a big thing to be said too for um, helping people understand what the difference is between a low quality and a high quality information environment. Because I, I think that lots of people don't understand what that looks like. And I think that once they do, you know, we're, we're, I, th- I think we're, I think in a lot of ways we've become so obsessed with this, you know, put the record in the system, you know, and you have to do that because legislation, compliance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, without going to people and saying, well, you know, how do we change the quality of the information you're working with? Because I I know people who have worked in high-quality information environments, and you know what? No one wants to go back, you know? It's working working in an environment, you know, it's the – I wrote a blog post about this recently, you know, it's the – the the right pl- you know inf- right information right place at the right time well you know what if that information's coming through to you on post-it notes yes it's still the right information in the right place at the right time but you know what if it's coming through with structured data and you don't have to do 50 percent of the work you'd have to do if it was on a post-it note because it's coming through to you with structured data i mean who wants to go back to the post-it notes no one but training people to Absolutely. ask for a better information i mean this is something that you know carl hines does really well yeah. you know that virtuous mm. cycle angle that we we keep talking about with him and his work you know it's it, it's teaching people to ask for a better information environment i think that's a sure. huge thing i think it's yeah, yeah no, definitely it's wider than that i think it's teaching people to think about information mm. at all just to to actually uh think about the fact that they are creating they're probably creating information every day if they're if they're working in government, for example, you know, if they're working on the car production line, then probably not. But you know, for those of us who do do work in a desk situation, um, we're creating information probably every day. Actually, in at some level, we are creating something every day. Everyone sends at least one email. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you just do that without thinking about it. You don't think. I'm creating this new bit of information. And obviously, yeah, I mean, we need to be sensible about this. But Just relate. I think getting <laughs> yeah. up that, that level of awareness of how this, of what this is and how it works. And then uh, getting that to join expectations, which is what you were talking about there, Michael. You know, what is the expectation of people? But what I wanted to ask you guys was um, – the difference between being able to set up a system from scratch, an information system from scratch, and then as opposed to helping people who've come into the organisation and are having to deal with things as they are, you know, when they come in, which might be, as you say, not exactly ideal or quality focused. How do we, I think it's relatively easy to think what we might do, although not many people do this, but what we might do when we're, we're putting in a new system, but how do we help people when they're coming into something that's already there? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the default's training, right? But, you know, I mean, that can be yeah. that can be really confronting. And, you know, I think we made reference to it a, a couple of podcasts ago, you know, talking to one of these, I was talking to one of these councils and they were saying that, you know, their turnover rate's about 25%. And, I mean, you, you know, you, you can't, how do you have? How do you have, build and maintain a mature information culture when your when your team turns over? You know, every four years you've yeah. turned over the entire organisation. Obviously, you've got people who stick around, but 
and, and then, you know, if you have built a really Over. mature information culture and you've got people who are really sophisticated consumers and users of information and then your turnover rate gets up and you lose some core people. I mean, how do you bridge that gap? I mean, that's a, I think that's a non-trivial problem. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, but so let's let's pretend that's not the problem. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) if you do have, if you do have an organization where you've, you know, just got established systems in place and people don't seem to be having a good time, then, um, I will still just push for that 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 kind of process mapping idea as a way of going and engaging with um, a group of users. So basically identifying a team, identifying a problem um, within a team, and then basically saying, well, can I help you basically mm-hmm. sketch out your process? And I'm going to bring the information lens. I'm going to be the one who goes, oh, yeah, so what do you need? You know, what information do you need to achieve that? And um, sort of, the situational context that basically helps you determine the quality. So basically how, how should that information be in order to make this thing easy for you? And then if there are need to be changes to the system, there need to be changes to the system. So you tweak that part, hopefully with a you know broader view in mind so that you don't kind of get into horrible architectural debt, but, you know, tweak that bit. And it may also be that it's not the system that needs to change anyway. You know, it's actually just about the collection of the information. So you're just showing people the implications of their actions, basically. So again, it's about building that awareness. Um, but specifically, I think it's just a question of focusing that on a particular bit of the organization and a particular problem at a time so that you can um, incrementally shift the culture. Even I think when there's a- established systems. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think what, what you're what, what you're talking about is, you know, user engagement. But I think that whole stakeholder management piece too needs a lot of attention from us because how you, you know, how you create an enabling environment in your organisation where you know a, a manager won't just, you know, you know that they won't suffer having you in their team. And you know, I mean, you you know the thing, right? You know, you sit down and you say, look, it's a it's a half day exercise to properly map this process and all the information assets, and I'm going to need, you know, significant representation from your team. And you know, you ask for half a day, and you know, then they say, oh, well, I can get one person to come along for half a day, and then you know, it gets squeezed down to an hour, and before you know it, you're trying to map a process and everything in in half an hour because that stakeholder engagement, you know, with management hasn't happened, and you know, what about your executive, you know, who ultimately, you know, kind of bless your program and policy and everything else? You know, the whole stakeholder engagement piece too, I think needs a, a lot of attention because I think one of the things that is leading records to failure in lots of organisations is just that the executive are looking at it and saying, I spend a million dollars a year on this and I don't understand how it improves my ability to hit any of the things that, you know, I've got to hit. And managers, the same kind of thing, you know, they look at it and they say, well, you know, it's a drain on my team. You know, we've got to do all this extra work and I don't understand what we get because I think the stakeholder engagement piece hasn't happened right. So what I'd say in terms of stakeholder, oh, sorry, Judy. Well, I was just going to say, go on. (laughs) <laughs> One really brief thing, all I'd say is um, my advice in terms of stakeholder management is target managers, like target the middle layer. Don't go for the exec straight away. It feels like the best thing to do is to get that strategic buy-in and set the direction. But actually, if I can go and work with someone who is a bit 
closer to the operational coalface and I can identify how their team can improve, then they can just go, oh, you know, that guy Michael sorted out my problem and they can go and gush to the exec. And it's typically like in a change management scenario, I've found focusing on that kind of middle layer is mm. actually more valuable than going for the exec. Yeah, I'm sure you're right because, as you say, they understand what needs to happen and the pain that is caused when it doesn't happen. So uh, you're much more likely to get their attention, I think. I'm just wondering how, when we're talking about the change management, um, quite a few departments I've worked in have uh, business process management teams. Um, And so are they not looking at how the information flows work? I wonder. Potentially, potentially, yeah. yeah. Well, it ought to be. <laughs> I mean, what's yeah. a process except, you know, how work and the exactly. information records flow from person to person in the organisation? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I think I think that's part of the... There might, be, there might be things that we want to add in. Sorry, go, Carl. No, I was just going to say, I mean, to, to, your, to, your, to both your points, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that has happened with records management. You know, I mean, I, I think all of the bits that we need to do to really do records management well, because it's been seen as, you know, I mean, it's come from a paper management background where, you know, it's you get to the end of the the end of the process and the paper goes to the records team and they manage it so you can find it later, but it's not that anymore. You know, there, there is so much more to it now and process management has to come into it. And so, I mean, I think a lot of it, and, and I, I completely agree with you on the, you know, the sort of middle up down idea, you know, engage with middle managers. I I think one of the challenges that we've got is that a lot of people go straight to the executive, but the executive sit there and they go, well, this role that I've got for records in my head is not what you're asking for. And so, and, and, you know, either I don't know you or, you know, I haven't seen records as a contributor to organisational performance before. So I'm not going to bless something big that you want to do. Whereas, you know, if you've gone to a middle manager and you've got a middle manager singing your praises to an executive manager, then I think you're in a much better position to start looking wider. But, I mean, I think, too, if you end up in an area of the organisation where process management, you know, is in some other business unit, it makes it very hard to come in and basically yeah. say, I, I, you know, I now need to do process management because as, an, as information management, you know, that is absolutely integral. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I'll just take us a little bit sideways, just having been talking about change management and so forth and thinking about um, raising awareness of, of what, um, you know, what a good information environment even looks like. Um, there's an absolute classic model, which I've seen come up in multiple organizations, um, which is from an organization called ProSci called the ADCAR um, change management model. And um, the first letter in ADCAR, like it's one of those classic, Acronyms? Do we call that an acronym? Yep. 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 Um, <laughs> I always get mixed up. Um, the, the, the A, the first one is, is awareness. So um, the idea of ADCAR is, I mean, I don't want to pretend that I'm a change management professional, but in terms of a framework, I think it's a useful thing for any of us mm. to just have a nosy app and think about. Um, and And it's basically stepping users through the stages to get to the point where the change has been adopted. Um, so then it starts with awareness and it ends with reinforcement. So that idea that someone knows how to do something now and they're doing it and they 
still need you know just emphasis after the change to make sure that um, it sticks and it continues. So um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there just as something. Mm. That if you're listening to this, you could go and take a look at. Yeah, I mean, I think I, 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 all of those sorts of things. I mean, I, I think we you know we need to get some people on who are really good at that stuff. Um, but you know, I mean, I think I think half the problem with the ad car model is that lots of people read it and they say, well, you know, awareness. We're going to go in and we're going to say, here is awareness of the change that's coming that we're going to do to you. And, you know, they skip the idea that, you know, yeah. the idea is to create awareness of a problem, you know, and the fact that things could yeah. be better so that there is a desire for change. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but how many programs have you seen derailed? Because it's like, here, here become aware of what we're going to do to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I sent my comms. I've sent my emails, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's awareness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can do awareness. Yeah. They know the project is coming. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and, and absolutely like, um, like I think what we've been talking about is basically the meaningful version of what, you know, the A, the awareness is supposed to be, which is that idea that, yeah, you're working with people to kind of really, um, instill an idea in their heads about how things could be better or what's wrong with where they're at right now. Um, and it's probably, you know, a bunch of back and forth. It's probably multiple conversations or multiple pieces of work, um, mocking some things up and showing them some ideas, um, uh, you know, or, 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 or that kind of thing, whether you're formally or informally understanding what they do, you know. So is it formal process mapping or is it just sort of doing it on the sly? Uh, mm. you know, and it's, and, and it's, 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 it's building awareness, um, as you said, Carl, of like kind of the potential problems and so forth, rather than just awareness something is coming. Yeah, awareness yeah. that things could be better than the way you're doing yeah. it. And I mean, for I sure. think there's, there's so much fodder for us to talk about here too. I mean, I think we can get into things mm. like user experience, which, you know, I, sure. I don't think is something that's really made a massive inroad into um, information management. But I mean, also, you know, some of the more traditional well, I don't even want to call it traditional because I don't think it is traditional for information management to focus on it, but it probably should be, you know, like um, search behaviour and information retrieval. Yeah, which is definitely a topic I want to cover in a, a forthcoming. In fact, we might even do it next week. Yeah. I, with you guys. The episode? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just talk about the different ways people are trying to find find stuff and, and what you need to support that. I think that would be a good topic. I think that'd be excellent. I would certainly turn up for that. Just wanted to say, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know ADCAR, it's A-D-K-A-R, if you're looking it up. up Awareness, design, knowledge, ability and reinforcement, which is an interesting one. I like the reinforcement one. Well, I mean, it kind of ties in neatly with governance, doesn't it? You know, I mean, you know, we've written a policy, you know, how do we make sure the policy is being implemented in the organisation? I mean, that's, that's governance. So, you know, I, th- I think these things have, I, every time I look at these models, I feel like there's so much crossover and they all relate to each other so strongly. But it's just interesting that, you know, some things have, haven't made so, mu- so many inroads or, you know, we see, I see so many things done as the tick box exercise instead of the we are really serious about making this change happen and this cultural thing happen. So, and, you know, I mean, I think the information culture piece you know, I think if we can get into that, you know, how we are, how we get people to ask for more and how we get them to treat information as though it's important for their job. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think there's lots of fodder there for future. Uh, yeah, definitely. 
episodes. Fantastic. So that's us for today, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I think so. And, you know, like, like, like we said at the start, you know, I think we wandered um, around a little bit, but, you know, I, I think this is because the, 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 the people piece, the people stuff is really hard. And sure. I yep. don't think it's, I don't think it's well done in most places. No, so, I agree. You know, it's crucial. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that we are going to, I think one of the things we will end up doing over the next couple of weeks as well is, you know, we, we've got a couple of people that we'd like to ask um, to, to come on and talk about things that, you know, they've written papers on, um, you know, information culture and those sorts of things or written books about. So, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, we're, we're going to start duty next week with, uh, you know, search behaviour by the sounds of things, which is great because it's something that I don't know a whole lot about. So... Um, Bring it on. Cool. So I'll just wrap us up by saying that if you're listening to this and you think, well, what are the actual sort of you know, the tangible things or the actionable things, the things that would make it real for you in terms of people stuff, then please let us know and we'll get into it. So that's Information Revolution for another episode. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Bye.